Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. I needed some help, and I got some help. There's help available when you're struggling, thankfully. And there really is a message here. And, and it's really a stark message. When, when, you, when, when the light comes on and, and you see it, it is a, this list is really a powerful message. And I think you will see it as we work our way through it. And what we're going to conclude with by looking at this chapter is, well, it's included in the title. You can see below me on the screen, Joshua chapter 12. What we're going to take away tonight is a very profound truth. That where you start is where you finish. Where you start is where you finish. And this chapter contrasts that so vividly. And again, this can be a very blessed Wednesday night for you where when you go home, you're going to say, man, I, I, I was, it was so good to be in God's house. I'm better now than before I came. I can't wait for next Wednesday night. But let me give you a sample of the chapter, okay? Uh, it starts off in Joshua chapter 12, verse number 1, and it says what the chapter is all about. Now, these are the kings of the land which the children of Israel smote, and possessed their land on the other side, Jordan, toward the rising of the sun from the river Arnon to Mount Hermon, and all the plain on the east. And, and then it starts listing them. And it's, it's just a list. The, the next slide, there it is. You know, the king of Jericho, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Eglon. And let's go on to the next slide. We don't need to read them all. You, I just want you to get the picture. The king of Tapwa, uh, Aphek, Madon, and, and, and on and on it goes. And then at the last verse, it summarizes it. The king of uh, Terzah won all the kings 30 and 1. It's very simple. A list of 31 kings that fell victim to God's army, Israel. Now, let me give you a sample of what commentators deal with. Read along with me on the screen. This is what one commentator says about that chapter and that list. He says, We have come to the first of several chapters in Joshua concerning which faithful readers of the Bible have long scratched their heads, wondering what this chapter is doing in the Bible and what this passage can teach them of any importance for the life of faith? Now, a fair question. It is a head-scratcher. And that same writer went on to write this. Lists like these strike us as tedious, far removed from the sort of biblical text that will teach us how to live as Christians at work or in our various relationships, how to worship God, or how to bear effective witness to the unsaved. But we pass by too quickly. And this writer says, I can assure you of this. What is reported here was not tedium, either to the Canaanites or to the Israelites. Far from it. Now think about that. To us, in this day and age in which we live, 
and where we live, far removed from that land, we read a list like this, and it might to us seem tedious. Might even look at it, glance at it, and skip over it. But look at what he says in those last two sentences. He makes a very powerful point, and it gives you a hint of the value of this chapter when he says, I can assure you of this. What is reported here was not tedium either to the Canaanites, Canaanites or to the Israelites. Now, chapter 12 is simply a list of 31 kings and kingdoms defeated by Israel. And if you do like I did, I consult commentaries, and I value them. I, I think they serve a youthful purpose. You can't depend on them too much. You can't rely on them too much. But they serve a very useful purpose. But when you start looking at commentaries and you're studying Joshua's chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and you come to chapter 12, oftentimes in those commentaries, it's just skip it. They just skip it. They, they, just, they, they, they just skip it. But what is significant about the list was stated in the quote I gave you a while ago. It depends on who's looking at it. What is significant about this list is who's looking at it. Look at this next slide. Basically, what you see here in this list is a final season record. Israel, 31 wins, no losses. Canaanites, no wins, 31 losses. Now, if you think about it for a second... Here's a message there. There's a powerful message there. If you just pause out of your busy day, a Wednesday afternoon, got to get home, got to get... Busy, but look at that. That says something. To the Israelites, it's a list of victories. 31 victories, no losses. To the Canaanites, it's a list of defeats with a record of Oh, and 31. I mean, this list is, is a scorecard. And depending on which side you're on, it's an impressive record of 31 and 0, or it's a depressive record of 0 and 31. Now, you've got to remember, I coached for a number of years, and I loved coaching basketball. And if I were looking at two teams that had records like this, I'd be asking myself as a coach, because I want to learn from it, why is it that one team went 31-0 and 0 and the other team went 0-31? Because as a coach, you can learn something from that. The team that goes 31-0 and 0 was obviously doing something right. And the team that goes 0-31 is obviously doing something wrong. Why did one team go undefeated and why did one team go winless? And as a coach, I would study the team with the 31-0 and 0 record, and I would want to learn from them. I would look at that undefeated team, and I would, it would, I'd be stupid if I didn't look at the undefeated team and say, whatever they did, fellas, we need to do that. We can learn from them because we want to win like they win. And yet a coach would be stupid, though, if he looked at the team that didn't win and say, look, we can learn from them, too. We don't want to do what they are doing. So again, we look at this record, and you and I as Christians, we're not coaches. We're more important than that. We're, we're each Christians with a stake in this. 
there, there's something to be learned here. And, and every one of you in this room should be thinking like a coach in this sense. Why did one team, if you will, go 31-0? and 0? And why did the other team go 0-31? And, and whatever the team that went 31-0 and 0 did, I need to take note of that. And I need to make sure that I'm doing that. And the team that went 0-31, I need to make sure that I'm not doing that you don't have to look very far to see that both these teams had opposite records. One commentator says this, and I think this is the conclusion of the whole matter. The ends are different because the beginnings are different. That was true of the Israelites and the Canaanites, and we'll get into it in just a second. There are different records because the the endings are different because the beginnings are different. That's true in life. There are individuals in this room that are, have gone, let's say, 31 and 0. And there may be somebody in this room who's gone 0 and 31. And I guarantee you, if you examine them as I would examine basketball teams, and if we're going to learn from them as I would learn from basketball teams, I would say there's a reason this guy went 31 and 0 and this guy went 0 and 31. It does matter where you start. If I started a season with the wrong offense and the wrong defense, and it's going to be a long season. And I've seen coaches do that. I mean, one of the reasons Les Miles is not at LSU today is it was obvious to everybody except for maybe him that he was using the wrong offense. He started wrong, so he ended wrong. But if I start the season with the right offense and the right defense, if I have the right philosophies for both of those, if they're right, then I'm going to win. And it's so true with Israel and with the Canaanites. They have different starting points, vastly different starting points. So they get vastly different results. Concerning Israel and the Canaanites, one writer said, Of Israel it might be said, These all fought in faith. Of the Canaanites it might be said, These all died in unbelief. One started from the point of belief in God. The others began with unbelief. What they believed as, the, as Israel and what the Canaanites didn't believe had consequences. There's consequences to what we believe, the decisions we make, and especially our decisions about God. Whether there is one or whether there isn't one, and who that one is, if there is one. Those decisions we make, those are our starting points. And just as it has consequences in the sports world, it has consequences in our world, the the, the religious world. Your faith, or the lack thereof, will put you in the win column, or it will put you in the loss column. Here's the lesson for tonight. Belief in God means you will face battles, but God is on your side, and you'll ultimately be victorious. Unbelief in God means you will face battles, but God will fight against you, and you will ultimately be defeated. We will all leave these doors and face the rest of the afternoon at a starting point. The starting points may be different. The folks leaving 
this room tonight, let's just compare it to the folks leaving the saloon tonight. We're all going to be leading our lives this evening and tomorrow starting in two different places. We're starting with a sincere faith in God, and the unsaved world is starting their race, their competition in unbelief. Here's a great quote. It says, so take one, and this, this puts it in perspective here. So take one last look at the Canaanites as they disappear from history and see in them the future of the unbelieving world with all its great men and all its impressive cities. Do those who remained in the land realize how different was the life of the people who had conquered them? The people that went O and 31. It apparently never did dawn on them to look at the people that went 31 and O and see what made them go 31 and O. They never wised up to that. And, and so it is with so many people that we are burdened about. Can't you look and see that you're going O and 31 when you could be going 31 and O? That quote goes on to say, Did they realize how utterly different Yahweh, the God of Israel, was from the gods of Canaan? Whether they did or not, their sun had set, and the Amorites and Hivites and Jebusites and Parasites left the world stage to be remembered for nothing but the role they played in the life of Israel. Makes a difference where you start. Makes a difference how you live. Makes a difference in what you believe or you don't believe. Listen to this quote. Whether sooner or later, everything this world does, everything that it gives itself to in worship, everything it accomplishes will be destroyed and every citizen of this world will face the exacting judgment of the Lord. Where you start is where you finish. Israel was starting at the right place with faith in God. The Jebusites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, we don't need it. We're going to do it our way. We, we have our gods, gods that they have made, gods of their own making. One team, if you will, goes 31-0, and 0, and the other team goes 0-31. You see, there's may not hit you at first, but there's profound significance in Joshua chapter 12. This chapter is a stark reminder of the differences between lost people and saved people. Real quick, let's notice those differences. Just want to emphasize three differences between these two people groups, and those same differences exist today between the people groups that continue on today, believers of today versus unbelievers of today. Understand this, lost people and saved people are on different roads. Lost people and saved people are on different roads. Israel was on a path of obedience. The Lord told them what to do, and Joshua was the kind of leader that said, Yes, sir. We will do that. And everything they did was done by divine command. It wasn't like Joshua said, you know, we're going to do it my way, folks. We're over here in the promised land. I got these ideas. I got these plans. We're going to take four tribes to go this way, four tri- and, and uh, we're going to do it. He never did that. Neither did the people say, you know what, Joshua, we, i tell you what, we got better ideas than you do. We don't like the idea of you lording it over us and what have you. No. 
Lost people and saved people are on different roads. Israel was on a road of faith, which meant a road of obedience. Obedience was the path. But on the other hand, on the part of the Canaanites, their course was marked by rebellion. Their mantra was, who is Lord over us? And their answer was, nobody. And they hardened themselves against God's will. A foolish thing to do. In a world created by God, in a world where God created you, and God gave you breath, and God gave you a heartbeat, and God gave you life, and God gives on this earth the things that will sustain your life, and you are going to discard him? Of course you're going to go 0 and 31. You're not going to beat him. You're not going to outsmart him. You're not going to out-tough him. You're not going to outlast him. They were on a different road. Where you start determines where you finish. Number two, lost people and saved people are pursuing different objects. I mean, Israel was on one path, a path of faith, a path of obedience. The others were on a path of no faith, and just rebellion. Lost people and saved people also, though, are pursuing different objects. That place before Israel was something very definite and tangible, the sure promise of Jehovah. The object of their pursuit was their God, trusting their God. Uh, It was a promise that they had a title deed to that land. And the war that they faced was a war that was brought to them by God with his assurance that they would indeed be, would, would, would benefit from his blessings and, and him going to battle for them and with them. And the, the object, their, their object was God. However, that place before the Canaanites, for them, think about it, was a hopeless struggle. Oh, they were going to do it. They were resolved. We're going to go up against Israel. It was a hopeless struggle. It's vain. They were without God. Therefore, they were without hope. What, what drove them was, was their pride, their selfishness, their, their unrighteousness, their, their, their heathen nature. Whether they realized it or not, that, that was the object. That, that, that's who they were. Lost people and saved people are on different roads. They're pursuing different objects. The children of Israel are pursuing God. They are pursuing self. And then lastly, lost people and saved people therefore come to different ends. We see Israel marching from victory to victory, entering into Canaan, enjoying the blessings, the smiles of God, and reaping the fruit of their labors. Whereas... We see the Canaanites swept with a besom of destruction. It's a broom. Besom. I had to look that up. I didn't know what besom was. It's a broom. We see the Canaanites swept with a broom of destruction. And all that is left of their mightiest kings is a chronicle of their tombstones as given here. That's a very vivid image. You think of Israel and you think of victory. 
when you think of those that didn't need God, didn't want God, you think of tombstones. We summarized with a couple quotes this evening. The ends are different because the beginnings are different. Of Israel, it is said, these all fought in faith. Of the Canaanites, it might be said, these all died in unbelief. goes on to say, on the one hand, he places eternal life, glory, honor, and peace. On the other, he places indignation, wrath, tribulation, anguish. One or other of these is the terminus to which every life is hastening. That bottom quote bears repeating. On the one hand, Israel, he places eternal life, glory, honor, peace. On the other, he places indignation, wrath, tribulation, and anguish. One or other of these is the terminus to which every life is hastening. Hopefully, you're on the right road, pursuing the right object and experiencing the right outcome. Where you start is where you're going to finish. If you start down the road that goes to destruction, where are you going to go? It's wide, and a lot of people go down that road. Don't be fooled. The narrow way is the right way. You start at a different place, you start with Christ, you end at a different place. So you look at that list. At first, yeah, a head scratcher. And then you look at it and it just pops out at you. I'm looking at 31 and O, or I'm looking at O and 31. And that should be a bold lesson to all of us. The ones that went 31 and O. What were they noted for? They were noted for their faith. They were noted for their obedience. Are you noted for faith and obedience? Or do you want to argue with God? Do you want to justify your rebellion? Are you self-willed? Are you all about self? And do you try to explain it away? And do you make excuses for your rebellion? Do you, is it your high calling in life to find fault with the pastor, find fault with the congregation, find fault with church? Well, just go on over to the O and 31 side because that's where you're going to end up. You know, not lost, but the wrath, the judgment, the hard way. What's our takeaway tonight? Three things, very simple. We're done here. You look at this, you think about it. Number one, be thankful you're on the winning side. Be thankful that you're on the 31 and 0 side. Be grateful to God for that because most people in our country are not on that side. They're on the 0 and 31 side and they're paying dearly. Just, just look around you, folks, at your unsaved co-workers. Look around you at your unsaved family, unsaved neighbors. And in many, if not most cases, think about the drama they're going through. Think, think about the drama. You, you, you can take a boat ride around our lake, and I don't know most people around the lake, but I know enough that I was pointing out to Sharon the other day, there's a sad story there. And I pointed out a, a, a cabin on, on the lake. And I, I've been told it's the, the oldest cabin on, on that lake. 
And it's, it's, it's in disarray right now. Normally by now, that cabin, the, the leaves are all cleaned up, the yard is immaculate, and uh, they're sitting out by a little campfire. And that, that family, they love campfires. It'd be 95 degrees, and they're out there by the campfire. But we passed by there, and I pointed out to Sharon. I said, look at that place. Doc's not in the water. Weeds are growing up. Leaves haven't been touched. To the best of my knowledge, without trying to say, I don't mean to sound judgmental. I say this with, with a heart of concern for those people. There's all sorts of drama in that family right now. There's all sorts of heartbreak in that family. And it's very sad. Very sad. So, you want to be careful where you start and what side you're on. Thankfully, though, you also know, and they may not be as many in numbers because we're in the last days, there's families you know where there's joy. There's families you can drive up to their house and you hear laughter, you hear giggling, you hear playing. Dad's wrestling on the floor with, with Junior and Sis is giggling and laughing and Mom is saying, somebody's going to get hurt, somebody's going to get hurt, somebody's going to get hurt. You know, at least at our house. <laughs> it's, it's two different worlds. Two different worlds. Now, Satan's going to try to convince you that the 31 and O side is just way too hard. And you're going to miss out on so much. Yeah, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out on everything in the world you ought to miss out on. But be thankful that you're on the winning side. Number two, do your part to contribute to the winning side. We want folks to join us. We want folks to come to know what we know. We want folks to come and get saved and have, have the light go on and no longer walk in darkness but we need you to contribute by being here tonight you're contributing i mean your neighbors your family know that you're in church tonight that's a wonderful testimony a wonderful influence and it might have been a little bit of a struggle to be here tonight but but you're here tonight so when i say contribute do that find a place and most of you have a place where you serve in this room right now there's ushers there's nursery workers there's choir members sunday school teachers and i could go on and on with so many other uh ministry that that is that is terrific do your part to contribute we want to we you know there's enough room on our side for more people to get on the winning side we don't have too many which brings us to number 4 work hard to convert people to the winning side do your part to contribute give be faithful and pray And then work hard to convert people to come to the winning side. Folks, at best, whatever the world does, even the things that you might consider good, in the end, it's not going to mean anything if it's not for Christ. It's not going to mean anything. So, we have before us a list that seems, as one commentator described it, tedious. Reading through that list. But if you look at it and study it, do a little research, do some homework, the light goes on, you say, no, that's not just a list. That's a legacy. And you and I will be a part of that continuing legacy today. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website 
at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.